0: Good morning, everyone, and we'd like to welcome each one to our service today. And may the Lord bless the hearts and the message that goes forth. Before we begin, shall we just open in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you so much for the opportunity that we have as people here in America to have the freedom to come to a church, to open the Bible and to read from it and study from it. There are many people around this world that don't have this privilege that we have. They don't even have a complete copy of the scriptures, and they'd love to have it. But we thank you that we have so many blessings here, Lord. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will open up the truths of your word to us. Lord, that they won't be my words that are heard this morning. They'll be your words that you'll hide me behind the cross. And pray that the message will touch every heart for salvation and also for encouragement, Lord. And we just commit our day to you and thank you for this blessed opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you ever think about how we love the word new? You know, it starts when we're kids. We want new toys. And then as we grow up, we want new toys also. They say the difference between the men and the boys is the price of their toys. We all love new things. And not just men, but women too. We love new cars. We love new homes. We love new clothes. We love new shoes. We love everything new. And it reminds me of a few years ago, many years ago now, when I was at Cal State Hayward studying uh, business and marketing class. And they told us that one of the most powerful words in marketing and advertising is the word new. You can put new on just about anything. It'll sell. And then if you put new and improved, it's even better, even better. But, you know, it reminds me, too, of the story in the book of Acts where Paul went to Athens and he met the Athenians there. And they took him up to the hill called Mars Hill, the Areopagus And they said to him, what is this new doctrine which you speak to us about? You're bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. And these people in Athens, all they did all day long was to discuss something new, something new, that some new doctrine, new teaching, some new thought. And all of a sudden, Paul came with a new message, the message of life in Jesus Christ. And so it sounded strange to them. But you know, the Bible teaches that the life that we have in Christ is a new life. And though we've heard it many times, and though it started back with the Lord Jesus some 2,000 years ago, the message of life in Christ is new like we've just heard it for the first time. And when you come to the Lord and you get saved, it is like you heard it for the first time. It's a message of hope He brings you today. A message of life and salvation. A message of love and joy and peace that He brings. And only the Lord Jesus can give that new life. You can't get it just by going to a church or reading the Bible or going out and doing good things. You get it straight from the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And God is still in the business of changing lives today and giving new life today. When we were opening the church, we were meeting with the city council, planning commission and all of that. And they wanted to open in this building, not a church, but an auto body shop as if we needed more auto body shops to restore automobiles to take a restored car like Jim was talking about at the breaking of bread today and make it restored into something beautiful. But at the end of that meeting, one man said very, something very telling. He said, it seems like we were wanting to put an auto body shop here to restore automobiles. It seems like you're in the business of restoring people, restoring souls. And that's exactly what God does. In fact, He doesn't just restore it to take the old and make it different or better. He gives us a brand new heart and a brand new life. He starts with us that way. The Bible tells us that we're born in sin and conceived in iniquity. And there is no way that we can save ourselves. We can't have this new life in ourselves. Only the Lord can give it to us and it's a gift of His grace. It reminds us of how Nicodemus came to the Lord and he talked to him and the Lord said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's why people come here is to hear the gospel message and to know that Christ is alive. And he has an offer of new life to each one of us here this morning. And if you've never experienced the new life in Christ that we're talking about today, before you leave here today, talk to someone about getting saved and giving your life to Christ, because that is what new life is all about. New life in Christ. Yesterday I was preparing my message and I had to get a ride back to the place where I was having my car serviced. And the gentleman who owns the place, his name is George, and his father's name is George. It was really funny. One time I said, oh, you have the same name as the owner. He says, yeah, he's my son. That was the time before. Well, this time he had given me a ride earlier in the morning. And I was talking. I said, well, I was just preparing my message for tomorrow at church. And I told him about the message. I witnessed him. I shared with him how he, too, can have a new life. And it's it's just a blessing to know that God can come to us in our day and age and he can change our life. He can take away the old and give you a brand new life, a brand new heart and a brand new start. And that's what he does for us in our lives. But it's a it's a choice. And we're going to look at three things today with regard to the subject of new life in Christ. First, we're going to look at it's a choice. Secondly, it's a change, and third it's a challenge. So hopefully by the end of the message I'm going to ask these young men to remember these points, so be listening. 3 Cs, choice, change, challenge. And may the Lord do great things In our lives. You know, years ago I was at Bethany Gospel Chapel and there was the gospel campaign called I Found It. Does anybody ever remember that from a few years ago? I Found It. Okay. And they had yellow buttons and on the button it said, I Found It. So the reason behind that was somebody would ask them, Well, what did you find? And the answer, New life in Jesus Christ. And the Lord just brought it to my mind and that's exactly what we find. When we find Christ, we find new life in Him. And really, it's not us that finds the Lord. He finds us. And we have to allow Him to find us. And it's like the hound of heaven we talked about. He will go mile after mile, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, searching for a person until they get saved. Praise God for Walter's salvation. He got saved on Thursday. Walter thought he was saved. And I can relate to Walter because I thought I was saved for so many years too. And I knew the Bible. And I'd gone to church. I had even preached the message from the Bible. But one day I came to the end of myself in a crisis situation and I realized I wasn't saved. And I needed to be born again. And I thank God for the work of the Spirit in our midst, the reviving work that He's doing here to bring people to Christ in these last days so that everyone will be saved and go to be with the Lord together. What a blessing to know. These testimonies are for the Lord. Kind of reminds me in the book of uh, Joshua, how Joshua talked about to the people. He says, you have a choice to make today. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the gods that are over on the other side of the river that your fathers knew or the gods of the Amorites in the land in which you're living. But, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a declaration of faith in the Lord that stands today as one of the greatest testimonies in the Old Testament. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that declaration today as an individual, as a couple, as a whole family? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank God for that. The Lord is in the business of changing lives. I think of a young lady in the, New, in the Old Testament whose life was changed and radically changed to the point where it was unbelievable. And her name is Ruth. She was a Moabitess. And Naomi and her husband had left to go down to the land of Moab. There was a famine in the land, so they went down there. They shouldn't have left the promised land of Israel to go there, but they did. And her sons married two women, Orpah and Ruth. And the husband died. Her husband died, Naomi's husband, and her two sons. And all she had left were the two daughters-in-law. And she says, I'm going back to Israel, back to my people, back to my country. My daughters, go back to your land. And they said, no, but we're going to go with you. And she says, no. She says, go back. You'll have husbands there. I'm too old. Even if I get married and have a new husband and have a child, you're going to wait for him to grow up? No, go back. And so the one daughter-in-law, Orpah, she kissed her mother-in-law, Naomi, and she went back. But Ruth, what did she do? She clung to her. And she said the most beautiful words to her. She says, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. She had a commitment to the Lord. She saw something in Naomi's life And she saw something in God's power through her, even though Naomi was not in fellowship with the Lord at that time, really. She was out of fellowship. Ruth wanted that. And sometimes you might meet a Christian and they're full of joy and full of love and peace and you don't have it in your life. And it makes you a little upset because why are they so happy? Why do they seem to have such peace? I don't. Why do their lives seem to be working and I don't? They have new life in Christ. And Ruth saw that Naomi had that life and she wanted it. And so she went with Naomi back to Israel. And the story is so beautiful. She ends up marrying Boaz, who is her kinsman redeemer. And through them, they have a child named Obed. And Obed became the father of Jesse. And Jesse became the father of David. And Ruth, who was a Moabite woman, a Gentile who had no part in Israel whatsoever, became engrafted in the line of David, the line that ended up with Jesus the Messiah. Isn't that amazing grace? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That's the saving power of God. He saves people on the same basis today by faith in Himself, in His finished work on the cross number of years ago and not too many years ago, AT&T used to have a great slogan and their slogan was this. AT&T, the right choice. That was a good slogan. But I've got one better for you today. Jesus Christ, the right choice. The only choice. He is the only choice. And if we accept Him as our Lord and Savior and we make that choice, we'll be born again. We'll be saved. We'll have a new life. And it just reminds us of the fact That it is a choice. And you know, you have to make that choice. Everyone here has to make that choice. I had to make it. You have to make it. And if you're here today and you've never made that choice and you say, well, I'm still young. I can make that choice later in my life. No. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Who knows if we have another day to receive Christ or not. Number one, something could happen to you. Number two, the rapture could happen. And in either case, if you're not ready, you'll be left behind. So, the choice. The new life in Christ is a choice that everyone has to make. Well, secondly, not only is it a choice, but it's a change. And that's the wonderful thing about the life in Christ, it's a change. If you'll look over with me today to 1st Book of Corinthians, chapter 5, and verse 17, 1st Corinthians 5, and we'll look at one verse, verse 17. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Excuse me. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Here Paul writing to the Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is incredible. And I remember this verse so well because the day, the night, I should say, that I got saved, the wee hours of the morning, December 13th, 1990, was a day I'll never forget. There were many of the brothers and sisters here on that night. I was in a crisis. I had come to the end of myself. Ginny and Mike were there. Adel and Sylvia and a number of other people were there that night at their kitchen. And we were talking about all the things and one day my cousin Jenny, and I thank God for her, and Mike remembers this very well, said, Dean, do you think you're really truly saved? Now, thank God for the people that have boldness in our life to say that to us. Do you think Are you really saved? It took me back. Nobody had ever said that to me before. It hit me like a ton of bricks. But all of a sudden, it was like a light came on and I saw for the first time, no, I don't think I am saved. I had the head knowledge. But you know, there's a distance between the head and the heart of 18 inches. And that's a huge distance. Because we can know about Christ. We can know about the Bible. We can recite the Bible from cover to cover. But if you don't have that new life in your heart, if you've not been born again, it's not going to work. It's like you're trying to do it in your own strength. There's no power plugged in. And that was what would happen in my life. I, try, I said, yes, I was doing, trying to do it in my own strength and it didn't work. And I got down on my knees that night and I accepted Christ as my Savior. And this verse stuck with me so much. If, therefore, if any, anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. That night He made me a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's wonderful in your life that you can say when God when Christ saves you, that He wipes the slate clean. It's like a blackboard and it's full of words and write. That's our sins there. God has a big eraser and He erases it. You say, Lord, I did some terrible things in my life. I don't remember them. The Bible says, your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. He does not remember one of our sins. He's forgiven them because Christ took our sins upon Himself on the cross. He died for our sins so that we can have eternal life. And what a blessing to know that we have new life. So when I got home with my Bible, not this one, but another one, you know how in the, in the Bible it has births and, and deaths and different things in the beginning of the Bible. There's a section for that in some Bibles that have that. Well, I went to the death section first and I wrote the old Dean died December 13th, 1990, one o'clock in the morning. That's when it was the old Dean died and all my sins with it and all my old life was forgiven and It's dead. And then I went over to the birth section. Most people write babies and names and things. But in the birth section of my Bible, I wrote, the new Dean lived December 13, 1990, at 1 a.m. in the morning. Mike said that night, he said, Dean, when you came in tonight, you looked like a dead man. There was no life in you at all. Right, Mike? But after that, the Lord saved me and changed my life. And I am so thankful for what the Lord did for me. I even went to DMV. I wanted a license plate for 2 Corinthians 5.17, but somebody had that already. They had that plate already and I couldn't get to C.O.R. 5.17. So I got John 8.12, which is another great verse that said, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He brought light into my life. That He turned the light on. It's like when you go into a dark room and you can't see a thing. That was me. But when he turned the light on, it exposed my sin, exposed his love and righteousness and joy. And he saved me. And that's how the Lord works. He wants to give you and I new life and he wants to give it to you today. Right today. You know, one of the greatest stories in science, and I think it's one of the greatest, is the metamorphosis between a caterpillar and a butterfly. Have you ever thought of that? You take this ugly caterpillar, it walks slow, it has these legs and everything, and it's going along the tree or the branch. You say, that's an ugly thing. And then you see that in the process of metamorphosis, that caterpillar becomes the most beautiful creature. It becomes a butterfly. And I can't think of a better illustration from nature. You come to to life in Christ before you're like the caterpillar, after you're like the butterfly. And only God can change your life. Only God can change my life and turn it into something beautiful. Sometimes we sing that song by the Gaithers that says something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, He understood. All I had to offer Him was brokenness and strife. And that's what I had and that's what you had. But He made something beautiful out of my life. The Bible says He can turn ashes into beauty. He can turn a caterpillar into a butterfly. He can turn a sinner like me and like you into a saint. That's the process of God's word. It doesn't happen any other way. You can try to reform yourself and do everything right and try to be Miss Perfect or Mr. Perfect. Does not work. We are sinful, sinful from within. We have the old sinful nature which is prone to sin and we choose to sin too. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can make the change in our life, the radical, immediate, and complete change of salvation. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's called a 180 degree turn. 180 degrees. I'm heading in the wrong direction. I'm heading toward hell. I'm heading in sin. I'm in the world. I'm going with people in this world. And all of a sudden... I repent, I turn around, change of mind, 180 degrees, and I go toward the Lord. That is true repentance. Before anyone can be saved, there has to be an acknowledgement of sin and there has to be repentance. You can't say, well, yeah, I want to be a believer in Jesus, but I want to hold on to my sin, or just one maybe. No, you have to give it up. You have to repent and turn to the Lord and ask Him to change your life, and only He can. And what a blessing it is to know that we go from darkness to light. We go from death to life. We go from having no peace to having all the peace in the world. Shelley has on her uh, Highlander the the expression that says, no Jesus, N-O, no peace, N-O. No Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace, K-N-O-W. I love that because if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the peace. But if you know Him, you do. And what a joy it is to have that kind of peace. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3.19, it says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that's what it happens when you get saved. It's like a refreshing. It's like a, a wave of peace and joy comes over you. You can't explain it. Nobody else can understand it that doesn't experience hasn't experienced it. But they see a difference. And you go to work and you're a different person. And you go home, you're a different person than you were before. Because Christ has changed your life and now you're plugged into His power. And it's a great blessing. The hymn writer said, it is no secret what God can do. What He's done for others, He'll do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. He wants to make you and He wants to make me into a new creation. Something brand new. And that is great. The Bible says in John six thirty it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Did you hear that? The flesh profits nothing. We can have no part in our salvation. There's no good thing in our flesh whatsoever. It's only through Jesus Christ that we're saved and we have the Spirit and we have the life. Has Jesus Christ changed your life today? Can you look back at a time in your life where you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior and you were born again and He changed you? If not, today's the day. Today is the day of salvation. I so wanted my brother to come today. I prayed for him. I asked him to come. Pray for him that he will come and visit our church and hear the message because he needs the Lord. And we all have people we know, friends, family members who need the Lord. And we want to see them have this new life too. Have you ever watched these TV shows that talk about makeovers? It's kind of neat. you know. They take this lady... I won't say she's ugly or anything like that, but she's not that beautiful. I'll put it that way. And they take this woman and they bring her into the studio and they say, "Okay, we're going to give you a makeover. We're going to do your hair. We're going to do your makeup. We're going to do your nails. We're going to put beautiful clothes on you. And then we're going to bring you out in that special moment and show you to the whole nation. Right. That's amazing. That's a makeover. God's not in the business of making over people. He's in the business of making new creatures, new creations, brand new people. And that's what he does for, with our life. He wants to do a recreation of us and so that we can radiate the love of Christ. It reminds me in the book of uh, Matthew and, the, and all the Gospels where the Lord Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And he said these words to them that he says, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Because if you do, the new wine will burst the wineskins. We can't relate to that because we have bottles. We we keep wine in bottles nowadays, but they had wineskins. And because of the fermentation of the new wine, it would burst the skin and it would ruin that and it would pour out the wine you had to take the new wine and put it into a brand new wineskin. And so what he was saying there is you can't put the new wine of Christianity into the old bottles or the old wineskins of Judaism. It doesn't work. And the same thing is true of anything. We have to take this new life of Christ that we have and put it into our lives. We have to allow Christ to change us and he will do it. And that's what the change is all about. It's not a change that I can make. I cannot make that change. We can try... How many people make New Year's resolutions every year? 31st December, you start thinking about it. What's going to be my New Year's resolution? And if you write it down and then come to the following year, how many of those resolutions are met? Very few. Because people don't have the strength. They don't have the power to change their own lives. Oh, they can make temporary change. They can reform certain things. But only the Lord has the power to change you and I from the inside. Give us a new heart, a new life. That's only the power of God. So, we see that new life in Christ is a choice. Secondly, it's a change. And third, it's a challenge as well. You know, when when you get saved, you can't think of it as an ending. You have to think of it as a beginning when you get saved. Because when He saves you, He makes a radical change. He makes a complete change in your life and you are a new person. But He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with me yet. When we become born again, He says, I've got some work for you to do, Dean, and I'm going to do some changes in your life. That's why it says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I thank God for that because I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I still sin. I have the sin nature. And there is a battle between those those natures as we're going to see this morning. But praise be to God, we have life. And we can look out and we can see living people, not dead people. A lot of people that today are walking around unsaved that don't know the Lord, they're dead. Dead spiritually toward God. And you have to be awakened and you have to come to life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you do that, He's got a new life for you to to go into. And I can look at it this way. I have a long ways to go and a long ways to grow. To go and to grow with the Savior. But He's so patient with us. He's so patient. And I love that verse in Galatians 2.20 that says this. Paul is affirming to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I thank God for that verse because it says the old dean has to daily be crucified with Christ. He doesn't say I was crucified with Christ. He says I have been. I am crucified with Christ on a daily basis because that old nature wants to rear up its ugly head in our lives. And we have to trust the Lord to change us through and through and give us victories as we go through our lives. One of the choir songs that we're learning for Thanksgiving says this, let Christ in us be glorified. Let Christ in us be lifted high. Let his love be shown and his praises be known. Let Christ be glorified. You know, that's one of the desires I have in my life is to glorify the Lord by everything I say and do. And it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, like I said, but that's our desire to glorify the Lord, to trust in him, to grow in him. And you know what? The final result is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Isn't that amazing? I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. But he's working on us. He's working on us every day, little by little, to make us more like Christ. Like J. Vernon McGee used to say, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where Christianity is all about. Christianity is practical. It's the life of God. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with Christ. daily personal communication with Him. And it all starts at the cross when we come to Him for salvation. And then He's got a whole new life for us to live. And how many would say today, oh, well, I tried that new life in Jesus Christ. Nah, it's not for me. I'd rather go back to the old life. No. When you taste it, when you experience new life in Christ, you don't want to go back to that old life. It's odious to you. It's like the scripture that says it's like a, it's like a dog returning to its vomit when you go back to your sin, the old life. You can't do it. We go on. We press on like we heard in that song to be more like Christ. But I ask you this question today. Have the old things passed away in your life or are you still dabbling in them? Are you still flirting with them? You know, there's times in our lives that we go through that, but there has to be a definite change, a radical change when we get saved. And then He will grow us and mature us. And then we have the battle starts. As soon as you get saved, I'm sorry to tell you if you think it's going to be all just like this, smooth ride right to heaven. No, there's going to be a battle because now you don't have just an old nature anymore. All of a sudden you have a new nature by the Holy Spirit. And those two natures don't get along. They are in constant conflict. The old nature wants to drag us back down to sin. Drag us back to the old things that brought us shame and misery. And the new nature wants to make us like Christ and draw us to the Savior and help us to grow. So those two natures are always in conflict. That's why Paul said to the Ephesians that you put off the old conduct, the old life, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, we can't win those victories, though, in ourselves. The devil will just conquer us every time again if we are doing it in our own strength. But through the strength of God, he gives us the victory through Christ. It's like it says in Romans eight thirty seven. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. Not just conquerors over that, but more than conquerors. And we thank God For that, He gives us the victory. But I thought about it. The new nature loves to do seven things. And there's probably more. You could find many more in the Bible and you could do it on your own study and so forth. But there's seven things that the new nature likes to do. So you can test yourself if you have this new nature, if you have this new life. The new nature loves to pray. Loves to pray. The new nature loves to read God's Word. The new nature, number three, loves to witness to others. That's three. Number four, the new nature loves to have fellowship with other Christians. That's four things. Number five, the new nature loves to obey the Lord. Number six, the new nature loves to do God's will. And number seven, the new nature loves to serve Christ. Seven things the new nature loves to do. But does the old nature like it? No. So if you do those seven things, there's going to be the conflict there. Because the the old nature doesn't want to pray. I don't want to pray. You pray. I don't want to pray. The old nature does not want to read God's word. There's no desire there. Oh, you do it just to maybe please somebody else, but it's not in your heart to read God's word. We heard that in some of the testimony. To witness to others. How can you witness to others if you don't know him? You have to know him to be able to witness. You've got to have the new nature. Old nature doesn't want to witness. The old nature doesn't want to do God's will. The old nature doesn't want to be obedient in anything The old nature does not want to serve the Lord, but the new nature does. And thank God that as we grow in Christianity, we grow in the Lord, we're feeding what? The new nature. How do you feed it? By doing those seven things, by praying, by reading the word, by having fellowship with the Christian, by doing God's will and obeying him and witnessing for him and doing those things. That's how we grow. That's how we bear fruit. That's how people see the change in our life when they see these things in our lives. So may the Lord help us today. And if you're here and you haven't received this new life and you see, well, I have a choice. I haven't made it yet. You have a change in front of you that you can be changed today and be a brand new person. And it's a challenge because then once you are saved, you have to allow him to live his life through you. That's where the challenge comes in to get out of the way and let the Lord have control. It's like you're driving in the car, you're driving your own car, You've crashed it. You've burned it in your own strength, in your own life. And you come to Christ for salvation. You don't continue sitting at the, passenger, at the driver's side. You come out of your car. You get out and you get in the passenger side. And the Lord Jesus Christ gets in the driver's side. And He is to drive the car of our lives. No more crashes. No more burning. No more bad things like that. When Jesus is driving, when He's your pilot, when He's your captain, when He's your driver you're going to go straight through to heaven. Not going to be easy though. There'll be battles. There'll be fights. There'll be warfare, spiritual warfare. There'll be temptations. There'll be all these things. But we're more than conquerors because we have the new life and you can see it in people. The new life in Jesus Christ. So as we close today, let's remember that new life is first a choice. You have to make it. By saying, I'm not making a choice, you're making a choice not to accept Christ, not to have the new life. So, you have to accept Him. You have to repent. Admit your sins and repent of your sins and get saved. And today can be that day that you make that choice. Secondly, you're going to see the change. And you don't have to go out and tell people about the change. They will see it. In fact, it's better not to tell them about the change. Just tell them that you got saved. Don't go around saying, well, you're going to see a lot of changes. Let them see the changes. You're not going to swear anymore. You're not going to belittle people anymore. You're not going to be as, have a complaining spirit anymore. You're not going to go around uh, depressed because it's Monday morning. Tomorrow's Monday morning, by the way. <laughs> My friend Greg is here at work. And Greg knows that every day when I come into work, I greet people and I smile to them. I say hi to them. And, and they're not ready for that on Monday morning sometimes. <laughs> it's funny, but thank God. I'm happy. Because whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or this blessed day, Sunday, when you have new life, it, come, it radiates. I mean, that's what we want. We want a new life that is going to make a change. That's going to be something different. He's going to make something beautiful out of our lives. And then finally, it's a challenge just to surrender everything to the Lord. And I mean everything. And we say sometimes, Lord, I give you all the keys. Well, there's two of them here. More? Okay. Okay. More. I've got two sets of keys on this. How about this? I'll give you all these, Lord. So you've got... No? Okay. How about I give you all this, but I like this key. This is a really nice key. I just want to keep that one for me. Just This will be just between you and I, Lord. I'll, I'll keep this key. It's called master. It's called... No. We've got to give the key to the master because if we keep one key to ourselves, we're not going to be happy. We are not. Because he's going to point his finger at that. Dean, I need that key. I need that key that opens that one room in your life that you've hidden from everybody else. Nobody knows about it. It's that one little closet, like in my heart Christ's home, that one thing that he couldn't give up to the Lord until he finally surrendered it. He says, okay, Lord, I give it to you. And when you give your life to Christ, he will give you back something better than you ever had before. You're not going to miss your old life. You're not going to miss your sins. You're not going to miss your misery. He's going to give you new life. And you say, well, I'm not going to have all the friends I had before. I can't go out and party and do all that. stuff. You're going to have more friends. Look how many friends we have here. And you're going to have a new life that is going to bring more joy to you than you ever had before. And that's eternal life and a new life in Christ. But if you're here today and you've got any nagging doubt, any uncertainty about your salvation, don't put it off. Get saved today. And if you've never even considered Christ before, now's the day to get saved. Then you can walk in newness of life. Then you can get up on the morning and see how you feel when you get up on Monday mornings and there'll be a change. And you'll see how you respond to your kids. There'll be a change. And you'll see how you respond to your wife or husband. There'll be a change. And you'll see it. It'll be real because only Christ can change a person's life. Religion does not do it. A relationship with Christ does. So may the Lord encourage our hearts today to get this new life, to accept Him, to have it. And then, if we have this new life, to go out and share it with others and to show forth that life before a world that really needs to see it. Shall we just close in a word of prayer today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing love for us. Why would you love me, Lord? I still don't understand it. I'm a wretched sinner. But I thank you that you came to me and you accepted me as I was in my sin. You forgave me and gave me a new heart, Lord, and a new life. And I'm so overjoyed with it. And I thank you for all those recently who have accepted you into their hearts and you have changed their lives. Lord, what a change you can make in people. People make changes in their own lives, but they're not lasting eternal changes of the heart. Only you can do that, Lord. Please don't just dress us up on the outside, Lord but cleanse us and change us from within. Then everything will be new. Yes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you for the new life we have. In Jesus' name, amen.